So when we started the series on Fruits of the Spirit, which we are ending today, I had mentioned that there were going to be uh, a few other people from our Lighthouse family who are going to be sharing on a Fruit of the Spirit. I've been trying to give people an opportunity to share some gifts and explore ministry a little bit. And so um, early on in this series, we've heard from um, Michael Wozniki. It seemed like a hundred years ago Michael shared. And then uh, Claire Bullis. And um, when I gave them the opportunity to share, I let them pick which Fruit of the Spirit uh, to share on. And um, one of the people that I included in that conversation was James Cooper, who's going to be sharing today. And uh, James, for some reason, uh, picked today, the last week. I think it was because he was trying to put it off. He's a procrastinator. Um, Either that or he's mastered self-control, which is our topic for today. So welcome, James, and thank you so much for sharing and everything you do here at Lighthouse. Well, thank you, Dale. Right on. Okay. Good morning. How are we doing? Good? All right. No, okay. So, no, it's, it's good to be here this morning. It's good to be able to share with my friends and family um, and share a little subject. And I am not up here pretending that I am the master of self-control by any means. Um, but I do know the struggle. I do know the struggle. So I know it's an exciting topic for this morning. I'm sure it's something everybody wants to think about. Yeah? Yeah, self-control. Yeah, 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 with me on that one. Okay. So one thing I'm not going to do this morning is I'm not going to tell a joke because I feel like it's above my pay grade. Okay, so I'm going to let Dale handle those from here on out. But uh, what we will have is we will have a question this morning. And the question is, briefly describe what comes to mind when you think of self-control. And I want the first thing that pops into your mind. So if you want to share, go ahead and grab Terry or Flint's attentions. Stand up. And here we go. Most recently, I have... Um, I I hate to tell you how many times put myself in Amazon timeout and then two days later have a full cart and yes I push the button so that (laughs) comes to mind first (laughs) Hi um, mine is pretty quick and short and sweet but um, think before I speak okay nice thanks Rich Mine's very similar. Just take a pause before you act. Okay. Good morning, Damaris. Um, now falling back into active addiction. Okay. Hmm. I would say for me, uh, managing my emotions. Uh, up to my point, this so far in life, everything I've based was all emotion and it didn't get me anywhere. So if I can control that, it makes my mind, makes me at peace. Thank you. Healthy self-regulation and coping skills. Okay. Wow. Good morning, church family. I'm Jannie. I'm an alcoholic. The first word that came to my mind was, do the next right thing. Couldn't be talking about that. Oh, I got lots of hands right on. Meekness isn't a weakness. It's strength under control. Okay. My name's Katrina. Um, I suffer from mental health, so controlling that can be quite difficult. Okay. 
Okay. My name is Eric. I think uh, rise above. Whatever rise above. I, yeah, rise above myself and whatever I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I'm Galen, and the first thing I think of, to be perfectly honest, is no fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We'll take, we got time for a few more if anybody else wants to chime in. So. Good morning, I'm Darcy, and it's learning to respond instead of reacting. Okay. Okay, alcoholic. Okay. Um, so I have some adult children, and sometimes they have uh, issues in their lives, and as a dad, you want to fix everything. Sometimes I just need to be quiet and not mm. say anything and just say, yeah, I'm here for you, whatever you need, mm. even though I have all kinds of advice to give. <laughs> Hi, church family. I'm Heather. Um, hey, when I think of self-control, to me, having chronic fatigue and health issues, self-control is still making yourself get out of bed even when you're hurting so much. All right. We'll touch on a little bit of that, too. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Rosalind Brewer. You've heard of me before. Um, my basic error has been to always think it's my fault, it's my fault. When in truth, it's not. It's up to God to guide us to where we need to go. Okay. All right, we can take one more. Anybody else? Well, for myself personally, I realize I'm lacking self-control when I don't recognize myself and my behaviors. Like, they don't align with my morality or what I feel, or if I feel bad about it afterwards, then I know I was lacking self-control and I need to clean myself up a little bit because if I feel bad about it afterwards, then I didn't have control of myself and my actions. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Wow, a lot of great answers. Thank you for participating. So I appreciate that. What I don't know if maybe you all noticed, and it's something that I've kind of noticed when I've asked this questions even outside of church, um, other people about self-control, what do you think of? Did you notice how many answers were about areas of improvement? And how many answers weren't about things we already do well? So when we think about self-control, we usually go right away to things that, oh, I don't do this well. And this fruit of the Spirit, I want, I want to kind of point, just make this statement in the beginning, is that about, it's something that is, this Holy Spirit's going to put in us to make us better, right? It's not going to be this idea of something that you have to go back and remember bad things because that's not what the Spirit does, is make us dwell and put us in guilt and shame. But this self-control is going to be put in us to have this go forward in a better life in a better way, all right? So I want you to keep your mind on that this morning. So, All right, so thank you for that. So when I did some looking through the Bible, self-control in other translations is referred to as temperance. The mastery of one's passions and desires and being disciplined. I'm sure we, have, we all have all sorts of imagery go flying through our brains as we consider self-control. As for me, I know there have been many days that my self-control resembled something like this. Mary, 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 you there? There we go. Yeah, man. Can anybody here relate? 
that, self-control, looking like that, you know. Man, got peas instead of carrots. Maybe the high chair's a little too tight around the waist these days. I don't know. Um, but just having a day, right? The struggle is real, my friends. Yep. Thank you. Um, I would like to take a look at this morning um, a well-known passage that I think reflects this idea that self-control can be a bit of a bugger. Would you agree? Yeah? Self-control is not the easiest thing to get a hold of and master in our lives, at least not in all areas of our lives, right? I believe there's some things we already do well, maybe we just don't recognize it. But I think there's, we always seem to reflect on the things that we don't, all right? But I think we, here we can go and see that this, this idea of self-control is, uh, man, the struggle is real. So we're going to grab a Bible. This is, um, we're going to go to Romans 7. Verses 14 through 25, pages and and verses are up on the screen. I'll give you a minute to get there. If you want to grab, there's Bibles down in front of you in the chairs, if you want to grab one. Or if you have the the recovery Bible, I think the pages, yep. So Paul's going to share with us the struggle. So starting in verse 14. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. <laughs> how, many of, how many of us have said that? I don't really understand myself. All right. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And know that nothing good lives within me. That is in my sinful nature. We know that verse well around here, don't we? I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Paul says, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. (laughs) Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then we'll come back to verse 25 because there's our answer. But what I do is want to reflect that Paul, I, I love Paul's transparency here, right? Paul's being very real with us at the moment. You know, here's a guy that we, you know, his... So, yeah, let me get back to that. So, now there is much in that reading that we could spend hours on. But I want to look at it from this idea that the struggle is real, my friends. Paul is just laying it out there, all right? That getting it right all the time is tough, Right? So how many of you have found yourself alone, maybe one day after you just had a day, doing this? 
I don't know why I do what I do. I, you know, I did it again. Why am I doing what I do? What, why do I, why am I, what, why do I do? And just kind of having that conversation with yourself. Why did I do it again? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is going on? Why is this happening? Or maybe you're just sitting down at a coffee shop somewhere. You maybe overhear a conversation of somebody else just venting off on a friend. Going, oh, I have no idea what's going on. I went and did it again. I have no idea why I'm doing what I'm doing. Don't know why I keep doing the thing I know that's wrong for me. Why do I keep returning to the things I know that are unhealthy for me? I know what the right thing is to do. I don't get it right all the time. Maybe you've had that conversation with yourself. Maybe you've had it with others. It's like I said, what I really like about this passage is Paul's transparency. Here's a man who studied under some of the brightest theological minds of his day. He knew the law of Moses. He knew God's word, yet still found himself struggling with self-control. And to this day, that which messes with all our self-control, sin. And that is a topic and a discussion for a whole nother day, right? But I am confident that like myself, we are all <laughs> very familiar with this tension that exists in finding mastery over our passions and desires in every, in every area of our life. So what are we to do? What's the answer? Right? This is the other part of Paul's message that I love. In verse 25, we find this. Thank God that Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the answer. Thank God that there's a remedy. Thank God that he sent his son. Right? Thank God there's somebody there that has gone before me, has found a way for me and is going to find a way to put in me this spirit and this fruit that is going to help me with my self-control. So I love that about Paul. I love this transparency. I love this, he's just as human as you and I, right? He struggles the same way you and I do. And he gives us this answer. And I love it. I personally know this to be true. That Jesus Christ, my Lord, is the answer. Some here know my story, but some of you may not. But there was a time where not only was self-control and discipline in short supply, I would go as far as to say it was non-existent. My self-control was re replaced with out-of-control, and discipline traded for disaster. The only fruit that got me was 17 months of penitentiary prunes, as I refer to them. Mm -hmm. It was during those 17 months, though, that a rekindled relationship with Christ was planted in me, and the greatness of grace sowed within me, and new fruit began to appear. Fruit that only the Spirit can produce. So what I'd like to do is go into another verse and kind of 
let Jesus explain how this process happens. This idea of fruit growing within us and how we manage it and how he manages it. So I'm going to go to John 15, 1 through 8, if you'd like to join me. But I'm just going to go ahead and read. I am the true grapevine. And this is Jesus speaking. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So I'm just going to stop there for a second and see if we can go back and recall something. Do you all recall when we began this series what Pastor Dale said that the Holy Spirit does in our lives? Just spit it out there if you remember. Kind of like the one thing the Holy Spirit will always be doing for us. Always doing. Pointing us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit and all the work that he's doing inside of us is this idea that he's always directing us to Jesus. For all our examples, right? For patience, for kindness, for gentleness for self-control, for love. The things that he is growing inside of us, he's saying, look towards Jesus, okay? So I want us to hold on to that. Remember that as I finish this out. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a big verse, yeah. That's a statement. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And he's talking about this fruit. So this goes back to that idea of the Holy Spirit always pointing us towards Jesus, right? Because the Spirit knows we need to be plugged in. We need to be a part of Jesus. We need to be fellowshipping with him. We need to be learning from him. So he's always pointing us towards Christ. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a a pile to be burned, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. That brings great glory to my Father. So when I read that, I think about my life that was. A life that was cut off from Christ, I chose that. I chose not to be plugged in. I chose a bottle to get plugged into. Okay? And God, in his love for me, right, pulls me out of that, trims that, prunes that branch, pulls me out, plants me somewhere out and said, you know what, that branch is no good for you. It's no good for you and put me somewhere else. I may not liked it. It may not be what I chose, But it was the best thing for me. It was the best thing for me. So God knows how to prune prune us and shape us and cultivate us and make those things allowed to grow inside us that we need. And the Holy Spirit's going to ensure that as that is happening, we are looking towards Christ. 
And I like pleasing my God. I like pleasing the one who saved me. I like doing things in my life that please my Father in heaven. I like being able to have that kind of life that says, Lord, thank you. Thank you for doing for me what I could not do for myself. So, if self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, how will I know that that fruit is growing in me? Kind of what's that measuring stick? So when I was looking through the Bible and I'm looking at this idea of self-control, didn't find a whole lot on it, honestly. There's not a whole lot the Bible talks about. Okay, step one is this. Step two is this. This is how we... It's just this idea that your life is going to change. And I brought up some points. I've got some points written down here that I think that we will recognize. That when that self-control and discipline is growing inside us, we'll recognize it. You will find yourself spending increasingly more time in prayer, meditation, and reading God's word. And doing it on a consistent basis. Right? Fellowshipping with the Lord. Right? Staying plugged into the vine. Letting the Holy Spirit point you somewhere and then spending time there. Right? Mm. Or, yeah, like I said, we can refer to it, like I said, just being, staying plugged in, remaining in the vine, remaining in Jesus. In the AA book, Dale shared this with me. Uh, there are 12 promises listed in the AA book. And I believe Promises 11 and 12 capture an awesome, a very good image of what one can anticipate as self-control fruit matures. Promise 11. We will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. I really like that. I really like that. How many of us have come across situations that before your relationship with Christ or maybe before you went down that road, there was just things you got into that you did not have the tools to handle. Emotions that you did not have the tools to handle. But now, because of your relationship allowing the Holy Spirit to grow within you, I have what I need to get through those difficult moments. Promise 12, we realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's just the reality of it, right? I love it. Uh, last point I have was find ourselves doing the next right thing over and over. I know in our community, sometimes the day, the, the minute by minute, the hour by hour thing is what's important. One moment at a time, right? Sometimes we say, when you don't know what to do, we tell each other, well, just find, just do the next right thing. And when you have that discipline growing inside you, what you're going to find is you're going to be doing that next right thing over and over, consistently, every day. And that's not only going to be good for you, but it's going to be good for the people around you. People are going to see that. When that starts developing in you, honestly, people are going to see Jesus in you. Now, how cool is that? When you have those things growing inside you that people say, you know what, I saw Jesus in Mark. Because he's shown me some things. 
I like that idea. It's good. I want to go back to that thing I talked about in the beginning about when we think of self-control, we have a tendency to beat ourselves up. And again, I just kind of want to reinforce to you and bring that point that that's not what the Holy Spirit is here to do with self-control. That I bet you in some, there's things in your lives that you do well that maybe you just don't give it a lot of thought, but you do. And I know we all think of things that we could do better. That's the easy thing, right? We all have a tendency to just gravitate right there. Boom. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit's going to grow those things and find those things will, you'll find ways to do better. You will do better. I know that. I've experienced it. I mean, come on. I'm <laughs> Seven years ago, sitting in a prison. And today I get to share a message up here in front of y'all. Fruit grows. Cultivate it. Let God cultivate it. You go from that to doing this as a testimony all its own. Come on, you know. You know. Never thought I'd, I never thought I'd be doing this. So, Never thought I'd have an opportunity to do this again. Ever. No. But God grows fruit. Holy Spirit grows fruit. All right. So I'm going to ask the band back up as we get ready to close here. The evidence of the Spirit's fruit is all around our Lighthouse community. Have you been shown some unexpected kindness being here? Have you ever just been around and all of a sudden somebody just comes up, says a kind word, just showed you a kind act? Have you witnessed the love of God in others? Do you feel an atmosphere of peace when you walk through the doors? Do you find yourself thankful for making it on a Sunday when it was an absolute struggle in doing so? But then we're so thankful that you made it when you were here. It's discipline, that's fruit growing. I believe the fruit of self-control not only helps us stay on a good and healthy path that God would have you on, but I also think it complements the ability for the other fruits of the Spirit to grow within us. So if you have discipline to slow to anger, that's peace, right? Discipline, maybe slow to anxious, and bring about gentleness, kindness, right? I think about how God shows self-control in his patience with us. His unfailing love for us no matter where we find ourselves. I believe this self-control that the Spirit teaches us that whatever the circumstance that we can't let go, that we can let go and let God because he causes everything to work together for the good for those who love him. Right? All right? 
Well, thank you for being here today, my friends. Um, Be blessed, and thank you for letting me share, okay? All right.